Is that run by BuzzFeed still? I assume as much, man. But yeah, Wait, the tasty. Hmm. The tasty. Yeah, tasty. Goddamn, uh, the website and like you know how in America they show you a bunch of sh- bullshit like baked bean pizza and all that kind of stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, delicious yeah, stuff. Uh, yeah, American food. Yeah, man, I swear to God, if I ever bite into a pizza and fucking beans come out, man, like. <laughs> Listen, I think that's uh, incredibly man, rich coming from someone who puts Old Bay in their grits. First of all, look at the ingredients at Old Bay, okay? Like, what do you put on your grits? I don't eat grits, bro. Oh, yeah, that's right. Do y'all even have them up there? No. Oh, shit. Google mm-hmm. grits. See? Have y'all not at least seen my cousin Vinny? We don't even have a Waffle House. It's on my letterbox. There's Um, so many other ways to get grits than a Waffle House. Yeah, this is like, I don't even think you can get. vary from Waffle House to Waffle House. Waffle House once, once. Yeah, it was a a big deal. It was nice. They should open a Waffle House in Toronto, though. There would be lineups around the block for like three months and then no one would go. Denny's isn't close. Oh, it would have to be a triple decker, man. Yeah, Drake would be in there every night. For sure, for sure. Well, he would have to wait until someone cooler did it first, and then he would ride on that wave. And if they put a Waffle House in Toronto, it wouldn't be... It Like, the thing with Waffle House is the, the people there, like, the charm. Yeah, true. Like, we don't really fight. Toronto is so much friendlier than any other city where, like, Waffle House is terrific. It's true. Yeah, It's because we like, don't have open carry. Yeah, <laughs> I like that's threat of like maybe getting beat the fuck up or shot at and stuff. Like maybe by the staff. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's part of this. That's like part of the service. Yeah, man, you have to earn your Waffle House. Okay, yeah, this is a <laughs> episode two of the Nersey podcast. Not to be confused with another music publication. Which All right, we, Peter. Yeah, yeah, we are also sort of a music uh, podcast, but sort of. But anyway, yeah, it's Trey. I'm here with uh, Drew and Slava. John's on, uh, goddamn editing. Yeah, like, how's, how's everything doing, boys? Pretty good. You know, Canada's still doing Canada stuff. We're not going to bore you with that. But uh, it's warm. So, you know, that's nice. That's a nice change. Um, I recently hit, like, a sports milestone where a sports thing caused me to get like really irrationally upset at a close friend. So I think that I'm like developing as an adult. Are you um, talking about the 76ers? Yes. Yeah. Who do you have in your life? That's a really big Celtics fan. Like no one, but uh, my friend Jeremy kept being like, uh, he kept texting me being like, this game's over. They're going to lose. And like, it started at the point where George Niang, a.k.a. the minivan, like wantonly grabbed Jalen Brown's knee from the bench. And he's catcalling him. Yeah. And it was just hey, like, yo, blue shorts, blue shorts. Come here. Zach, blue <laughs> but it was just like the dumbest fucking move. And for some reason, it really did just the game. It was like they were only down by two at that half but it was just like they never recovered because of george niang grabbing jalen brown's knee and yeah we're and that almost tore your friendship with jeremy apart what did not he, say? he was just like oh man the game turned 
And in my head, I was like, oh, what the fuck? No, I'm so mad. And like, I was just like, nah, dude, they're going to win. Um, and I even placed like during the third quarter when they were down 20, as if to prove Jeremy wrong, I went on to like the sports gambling app and placed a $7 bet on the Sixers. And then I didn't tell Jeremy. Um, <laughs> what, what, was the, what was the uh, line on that? Plus what? Oh, it was like plus 1100. Um, okay it was only seven dollars but it was only seven dollars and like you know i was like you know if they come back uh i will not only get satisfaction i will also get money the number one rule of sports gambling is don't do it and then the number two rule is never bet on your team you want to bet against your team so even if you lose you win Mm. yeah i only bet on i only bet on games where i have no dog in the fight I think the number one rule of sports gambling is don't do it unless a sports gambling thing wants to sponsor this podcast for some reason. Right, right, right. And absolutely do it. Yes. But only do it using promo promo code uh, Vice. Yeah. We can like probably just use a bunch of their IP. Chapter 11. Yeah, Yeah, chapter 11. (laughs) Promo code chapter 11. (laughs) Right. Well, first of all, I think there's one thing we have to talk about first, and that's uh, we're very, very proud of our boy Drew over here. Golf clap. Yeah. Golf clap. Golf clap. Um, yeah, we had the launch party on Thursday at the Bushwick Country Club, which is a dive bar in uh, East Williamsburg that has a mini golf course in the back. I thought it was a real country club. It absolutely no. That no, was. Oh, I thought that too. You've been to Bushwick. I have, but I didn't know everything was ironic. Been to Bushwick. <laughs> yeah, but that was like a, a Trey's couch, as billed as Trey's couch. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go to Trey's couch, and then I show up and it's a bar with a like a putting edge in the back. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But yeah, I also I want to shout Trey out, who not only gave one of the readings, but was also the MC for the event. And my MCing went a lot better than my reading did. I'll say that <laughs> people were very, very confused. Like, why is he talking about 50 cent? They like hit like once you got to the laugh lines, it really started hitting. This is one thing I realized about doing readings is like you have to have like laugh lines in it. And they're like different than uh, like laugh lines and just like a piece that someone is like reading with their eyes it's almost like you have to like pick something that is punctuated with the funny stuff at the end of a sentence so that you can like let people laugh. Um, and so like, you know, I remember people started laughing when you were reading lyrics to, uh, the song 21 questions. Trey was reading a thing he wrote about how there's only, there's either 19 or 23 questions in 21 questions, but there's definitely not 21. And like, when you were like reading the lyrics, people were like laughing because they like kind of picked up on what was going on. Um, yeah. It was a great event, though. Yeah, we we made T-shirts and hats for it. Um, shouts out to my friend Bryson, who designed those and made me look cooler than I am. Is this your agency friend who we briefly talked about on the first episode? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to um, Bryson. Yeah, Trey, I believe you also sort of impromptu 
started after like either yours or the second reading demanding that people do golf claps, which I was really happy about. Oh, yeah. I mean, like it just made sense. Some people, you know, followed the rules. Some people didn't. But an applause is an applause. So, And also, I would like to highlight the fact that it was like, you know, 78 and muggy. And and this thing is happening in a backyard. Trey shows up in a hoodie with like a beanie on. First and of all, it was a long sleeve Carhartt. It was a long okay. sleeve Carhartt. Elongate the factory, Trey? Yeah, man. You know, I was fucking, I work with my hands and that means typing. But, um, <laughs> and my fingernails were dirty, but that had nothing to do with work. Um, but yeah, it was, it gets cold at night. I was prepared. I had to take the train home. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a wealthy man. Fuck, I look like taking an Uber everywhere. <laughs> I fucking made in Tokyo. Like, yeah. I, I was like both lucky and cursed to be driving back from that. Um, because I had to like take a bunch of shit from and to and fro the bar. Um, which meant that like, I couldn't really drink at a party that I was like incredibly nervous at. Um, so you just, no, no, no. I no, just, we were just out and bitter in it all night long, man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Seltzer and bitters. That is it's like, summer. it's the new hack. It's like a technically alcoholic drink that like has so little alcohol. It doesn't get you drunk. Yeah. If you drink like 80 of them, you might get a little buzz, but like, yeah. <laughs> I would have to try that. What do you ask for? Like any bitters or are there specific? They got like the ones with the, the label that doesn't fit the bottle. <laughs> yeah, which is apparently like a marketing tool. Really? It works. We're talking about it. Yeah, goddamn. Uh, the story is like these brothers created a, this. There's like a bitters contest. And yeah, the guys who created it, like one was in charge of the uh, bottles. The other one was in charge of the label, but they didn't talk to each other about it. So the bottles came in way too small. And they were like, fuck, it's like tomorrow. We're not going to get just slap them on. And they didn't win the contest, but one of the judges said, like, you all's was most memorable because of the packaging. And, like, 100 years later, here we are. So the Bitters Brothers bottled the best uh, batch. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my <laughs> the Bitters Brothers bottled the best batch. Yeah. I'm, Big, I'm bigly. I'm, bigly. I'm, bigly. Um, <laughs> that's sick though. I mean, I'm happy you guys had fun, but, uh, Drew, I know how long you've been working on this book because you used to write me letters and yes. I think you wrote me a letter right when you got the deal. So it's very cool mm -hmm. to see you now finally give birth to this book about golf and how it can save your life. Golf, golf yeah. and poor loco, as I found out during the reading. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, like the thing about writing a book about a specific thing if the thing is not yourself is like you run out of ideas pretty quickly and i was like fuck i have sixty thousand words to fill and sixty-five thousand words to fill how am i gonna do this i guess i'm just gonna start writing about like everything and like the way the book was structured it kind of gave me an opportunity to like uh, go off in like random tangents, like write about Four Loco or whatever, and always come back to golf because like each chapter was titled "How Golf Taught Me How to Blah 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 Blah," and so I kind of was able to like 
trust that the reader would know that I was like going somewhere with it. Um, Has your dad read it? Yeah, he read it. Did he like it? Um, he was really, he really liked it. There's a chapter about him and it was like funny cause I called him afterwards and I wasn't really trying to talk about the chapter that he was in, even though he was like really touched by it. And instead I was like, dad, you're going to be so proud of me. I projected my voice while reading my book <laughs> to a crowd. Yeah. We were getting texts from Emily Dern and she was like, speak louder. Yeah. yeah, Trey, like, make sure that you plug the book in the, <laughs> before Drew reads and everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, Emily was sort of, like, stage managing it, um, which was good. I also, like, I'm going to be honest, I fucked up super hard because I got the, like, DJ mixer from Zach L., whose wife is a is an electronic musician. She's, like, an industrial musician, and so she has every piece of like musical equipment and like a bunch of different types of amps and a bunch of microphones. And as we were picking up the like CDJs from her, she was like, Oh, do you guys want a mic and an amp and a mixing board? And we were like, no, 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 it's fine. There probably won't be that many people there. People can just project their voices. And we were wrong. There were like a lot of people there. Several dozen. Several hundred, I think you meant to say. <laughs> several could be what? Several, That's crazy. Thousands of people showed up. Dozens, man. Several doesn't mean just seven. Several means like anywhere from three up. Okay. So like, yeah, several could mean like 12 dozens of dozens. <laughs> See, I <laughs> thought that story was going to go a different way. I thought you were going to say she's like an industrial producer. So she gave you what you needed and then also like a theremin or something. And oh. then you just <laughs> had something like that up on the stage with you. Um, I would have loved that. A theremin, theremins are like really fun to play. If you ever like, yeah, bro, find magic. yourself, it is magic. Um, because like also the difference between good theremin and bad is like basically, um, non-existent. Yeah, it's like bagpipes. Yes. Yeah. I'm talking like I know the mechanics. <laughs> Tris not like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly like bagpipes. Yeah. Actually, I mean, uh, actually, Slava, there's a couple of things I wanted to update you on that Drew and I uh, talked about. All right, let's go. So uh, this was actually Saturday night. We were at our good friend and friend of the pods, uh, Gabe's DJ set in Clinton Hill. And um, we had a conversation about two things that I think you I would have something <laughs> to say. So number one, we're in the conference playoffs or the conference finals. Um, if the series, or if the finals end up being uh, Celtics versus Denver, are you going to watch? I mean, it's kind of one of those things. No, honestly, like the, the easy answer is yes, I'm going to watch. The The more complicated answer is I will be in the minority of people who will be watching that because I don't think that's a very interesting series. And also just like everybody knows how I feel about the Serbians and it's well documented <laughs> at this point. So, but I also hate the Celtics. So, I mean, the real question is, like, who do I want to lose more? Wait, okay, so Slava once claimed to me that um, all Russian culture is actually Ukrainian culture. And is there something similar going on where, uh, like, everything related to, like, Serbia is secretly Ukrainian? Or is there something else? Is there, like, weird, like, 
90s era war. No, uh, all my and- feelings towards Serbia are all things I learned in jail. Um, <laughs> uh, like territorially, historically, uh, Ukraine, number one ops, fucking Poland, bro. Like it's really the Poles that would have it. Fortunately, not a lot of Polish representation in the NBA. Serbians, I just don't like them because of the Serbians I've personally interacted with in jail. I'm sensing lots of edits here. Lots of edits. No, no, we'll leave, we'll leave it in. Is, oh, I mean, are those dudes out or like, are they going to be in there for a while? You can just say this shit. Oh, they're out, but I'll say it to their face. I don't like them. Okay. I mean, it's uh, not like they come to the U.S. and bother me, so. Yeah. <laughs> what it, but at the same time, Jokic is probably the best NBA player we've had in a minute. I like NBA players with regular bodies. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Niang is another one. Others are ready to like fight anybody in the arena every time like he gets fouled. Uh, yeah, no, he he does a good job of acting tough. It's a very Serbian trait. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, the fun okay. thing about Niang is he like thinks he's as good as Kevin Durant. Like he in one game the Sixers played against the Nets when Durant was still on them, he was like guarding durant like that was his assignment for the game there were a bunch of people out and he was starting and there's a sequence where he's like guarding durant durant misses a shot and then inexplicably nyang blows by durant and gets a layup and then afterwards the camera cuts to him and he's just like in durant's face screaming at him and durant is cracking up because he's just like i don't this isn't real. <laughs> right. Um, what was the other thing that you wanted Slava's take on, Trey? Um, okay, so, you know, it's a Saturday night, you know, about 11 p.m. or later, brisk night, and uh, Drew decides to call me out for wearing a hoodie. Yes. Like, that's not a normal thing to do when it's about, like, low 60s. And uh, I was wondering... When do you think you have to stop wearing hoodies during the year? Like, what period? Because, oh, well, okay, my answer is different than yours because you have a full head of hair, right? And like, you can drape your hair down and it will cover the back of your neck. I don't have that luxury. So, a hoodie is always a must. Um, also, in jail, that was the one thing you weren't allowed to wear. So, I just do like an active protest now. So, year round hoodie mm-hmm. season. So, it's like, you know, how you eat a lot of fast food when you first get out or whatever. Or- have sex. Yeah, yeah. With a woman. Bone a lot. <laughs> with a woman, yeah. Well, with, oh, with a woman, because, you know, when you were in jail. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Yo, the mouth is crazy, allegedly. All right, oh. John, red flag, red flag. <laughs> no, go on. No, that one's a good one. Leave that one in, too. No, um, I, as the keeper well, well, this of the about. This is what you get for talking about my hoodie. <laughs> It also depends on the type of hoodie. Like, there's some hoodies that are super tight to the neck that I don't like. Like, they have the pleated folds in the front. Not to be, like, the dye workwear guy. But there's a very specific cut of hoodie that you can wear all the time. And it's exactly the one that Trey is wearing right now. Trey actually made this point to me in the bar on Saturday. He made me feel the inside of his hoodie to prove that it was, like, light. Yeah, there are different weights to hoodies, man. Yeah, I got a light hoodie right here. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, shit. Right. Okay, yeah, there you go. I didn't even know it was a hoodie. But that's a zip-up. That's technically... Like, I know that has a hood, uh, but yeah. I don't consider that a hoodie. That's it's like a, a jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hoodie needs to be thrown over. Oh, that's right. 
What about the bait that goes all the way up, though? I feel uh, like I have that. Go put that on right now. That, I'm surprised I, at the staying power of that. Me too. I, feel like those, I always felt like those should have had like eye holes in them or something. <laughs> I thought they did have eye holes, or some of them did. Mm, maybe so. I haven't seen the ones with eye holes. Yeah. Or maybe some kind of mesh that you could see. Is that company going to get sued to zero by Nike? Bape? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nike's coming for all their IP. Uh, Everybody. Vibe. Hopefully Vice doesn't do the same, bro. <laughs> I I do think that Vice has uh, other other issues going on currently. Somewhat. Yeah. Uh, first time hearing of it. Yeah. So Slava sent me a very, very, or sent us a very, very alarming uh, article which had a very alarming word I had never heard of it called spromiting. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, I can't believe you have never heard of the word scromit because this feels like something that's so far I've, up your alley. I've never, seen, I've never even heard of anybody doing this before. So, like, yeah, it, you, you want to tell people what scromiting is? Scromiting is, you know how uh, if a conservative gets too high, they don't just experience, like, the same feelings everyone else does. They experience them to a level where they can, like, warn their friends and family by writing op-eds about it. And <laughs> one of the symptoms is when they scream and vomit at the same time, which I don't even understand how that would work because it's coming out of the same passage, right? You'd be like a dragon ah. of some sort. Yeah. And um, does this happen when, like, a conservative looks at an empty coke baggy sized bag that they assume has like traces of fentanyl in it well now they're doing it with uh like cbd oil it also happens when the conservative just looks at an immigrant so <laughs> like a serbian so so scrometing is scream vomiting and like what's like the context that this was presented in? i Okay, uh, have, do you guys have a term called greeting out in uh, the States when you smoke too much weed and you get sick? It's called greeting out. Yeah, I've, I've heard people greening out, yeah. I feel like that is kind of what they're describing, but they're describing such an intense version of it that it sounds like surreal in its explanation. Because just at, at its very core, how do you scream and vomit at the same time? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I understand, like, you know, I've accidentally had too many edibles or whatever which we'll talk about that in a minute but yeah i don't understand the mechanics of like you're losing all control of your body and having a psychotic break and that all of a sudden means like like what does the scream and a scrummet sound like have you seen those family those family guy clips where they uh oh they drink the epipac yeah the fucking epipac syrup um so it's like that. That's what happens when a conservative smokes weed. Like that's not that's regular vomiting. To me, that's easy. Yeah, that's easy. Is there? How does this projectile have to be for it to be scrumming? It does have to be some. Yeah. Oh, it has to be like there has to be like a parabola on it. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, it's just like running. If it's running down your chin, that doesn't count. It needs to be projectile. Yeah. I'm like, like an adult. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm just imagining like the exorcist, uh, like the first one. <laughs> or scary movie, the fourth one. Is that the one that has dirt nasty in it? I think that's like the 17th one. Okay. 
But yeah, like I like look the edibles nowadays. I've talked about this before, maybe here, but definitely in other uh, places. But the edibles nowadays, like either you can either make them really small, uh, really strong, or really delicious, but they can't be both. Hmm. Yes, yeah, they cannot be both, man. That's part of the reason we're getting the problems we have right now: the scrumming and the <laughs> the greening out, and yeah. Well, a while ago, the big thing was like, oh, where in states where they made weed legal, people will like take an edible and then like, like randomly like murder someone. They like become psychotically murderous and disassociate. Well, that's what happens when you put like 250 milligrams in a single gummy bear. Yeah. And somebody pops like seven. Yeah. I just, edibles, I think that. There's some, yeah. In Canada, I think y'all do it right where you can't have tasty ones. That's only in Quebec. You can't have tasty ones. Okay. In, in Quebec, uh, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, in Quebec, they made them all like granola or mushrooms really? or, yeah. Only in uh, the rest of Canada can you get like gummies. And okay. I, I just don't like it because why sugar? Why do we have to eat sugar? Like sugar is worse for you than most things, including weed. Oh, dude, just make yourself some weed butter. Yeah, put that on everything. Yeah. yeah, no, if they sold weed butter, that would be tight. I want them to start selling it in, like, whey protein mix so I can have a protein shake and it's an edible. Oh, so there's actually a company that makes a powder. It's like a TAC powder, and, like, it's apparently better for cooking because, like, it's more even throughout the food because, like, when you make, like, weed butter or you cook with, like, weed oil or whatever at home, it's uh, it's hard to, like, figure out what dose each thing you're cutting is but like this powder helps spread it out evenly throughout the entirety of whatever you're making so i think i saw this on twitter was someone putting it on a glizzy i wouldn't be surprised yeah i think that's the one that's crazy i would snort that okay i don't know what you want me to do with that information (laughs) well i mean i actually was wondering like are we now getting to snortable weed (laughs) And like, what does that mean? Because also I feel like the uh, ingestion method of snorting is associated with like party, party, go, go, go. And I got to get this into my system ASAP so I can like do invisible pull-ups at, uh, a, at a bar in Williamsburg. And, uh, and so like why would you want to snort weed so that you could like disassociate yeah or even just like like play fucking elden ring or whatever because you're cool bro can you imagine scrumming with a nosebleed oh my god Um, yeah, I probably could. I don't know. I feel like anything, like once we've established that it's a powder, that means someone's going to dilute it in a syringe and inject it into themselves. And then you're going to have motherfuckers out here, uh, shooting themselves up with THC. And that's when like, it turns out the police aren't lying and there actually is fentanyl in the weed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Yeah, I had somebody asking me about that the other day and I was just like, uh, God, we need more investigative reporting back in this country instead of just like reprinting police PR releases. Because that it's like if you think about it for two seconds, it doesn't even make sense. Well, who yeah. else makes the news nowadays except the police? All every every uh, press release that comes out is just like the cops being like, "Oh, here's what we did today." 
Yeah. I love the cop pl- uh, press releases when they're like, oh, look at what we recovered from this uh, trap house. And, and, uh, and it's like fucking 20 bucks and like a fucking blunderbuss. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe I, a half ounce of weed. King K. Rule is off the streets. Yeah. And like one, I, it's not an e-pill that was sold in the trap house. It's just like somebody's cousin came over. They were about to go to the rave and like it got, <laughs> got swept up. Yeah. Feds did a sweep and then it should could have handled it with a swiffer but yeah <laughs> i do remember um when they got like uh bobby Schmurda and his crew what, ds9 gs9 the, gs9 they were really proud of what they recovered but like it was like like i'm like they had like a tommy gun or something like it was like archaic guns that were not particularly effective or deadly i mean like any gun is deadly gun but like you know what i mean no it's like yeah it's like man that's what fucking lincoln got shot with man the fuck you talking about yeah yeah every time there's a big drug bust in toronto they always parade out the guns and it always looks like something that's like you know blastoise the pokemon Mm. yep kind of like that that's what it looks like they're like another safe gun off the streets another gun safely off the streets Remember and, the dude who uh, shot the, what was it, like the prime minister of Japan with like that, what was it? It had like fucking nine tennis ball cans on the end of it. <laughs> yeah, that was sick, man. That guy was so about it. Like that guy literally, he he had one mission. I also love how like collectively the entire world was like, I mean, if he wanted to kill him that bad, he must have done something. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. uh, so I saw a very alarming uh, discussion going on on Twitter and... Uh, Apparently, kid, well, let me ask you guys. Have you guys ever been able to smell ants? No. No. I hate this. So I, I will say that I have a friend back in Durham who's like a forager. Um, <laughs> or now he lives in Asheville. This is like a thing. Like, if you're like a fancy restaurant, you oh. will pay people to like forage for like nice. rare herbs and mushrooms, special mushrooms in the local forest so you have like you know unique ingredients that like power up your food um and he and i were once joking about or like i once was like you should open up an ice cream store where everything is foraged all the ingredients and he was like actually that might work because ants would make a great lemon flavoring for an ice cream like crushed up ants. No, no. Why would? It's okay, like wait, wait, with like lemon centered raid or something. Like that's so they smell lemony. Ants smell lemony. Yeah, Trey. What do ants smell like? Since you're the only one here that smells them. I don't smell them. That's why I was asking y'all. Yeah, like I've never heard in my life of ants having a scent, and so like it was. There were enough people saying that. Oh yeah, I, I smell ants. No. I know what ants. Like I was hearing stuff like they smell like trash. They smell like. Ballpoint pens, which I also didn't know how to scent. I've smelled those. Ballpoint pens definitely do. Yeah. Like, you never deconstructed, like, a pen when you were bored in, like, middle school or high school? I didn't sniff it. Yeah, come on. Of all the things you could be putting up your nose. in there, but I was tinkering, you know? Fiddling around. Or you never, like, you never bent a Bic so that it exploded and, like, the ink got all over the place? Yeah, but it didn't smell like anything. That's a problem. Yeah, I smelled pens. I'm with you. 
right, well. I just hate this because once Trey sent this link, I immediately, my impulse was to call him a liar and to say <laughs> that this is not true. And then I read about it and this thing is called formic acid. That's what people are picking up. And yeah, they say it smells like pens or it smells like bananas, but I think everybody's lying because they want to feel special. And <laughs> I just hate the idea. It's like, you know, the people that like when they taste cilantro, they taste soap. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I, I just hate this. I hate, I hate anything that confirms the fact that we experience the universe in different ways. What's next, Drew's shirt? You guys don't see that as blue. <laughs> oh God, man! Oh God, I'll ne- man. I remember that fucking week. <laughs> For, oh, what, your I first time smoking weed? <laughs> showing shit like yeah. How do I know that, like, the sky, it's, like, the same for you as, like, it is for me, you know? That dress thing, actually, to bring it back to digital media, like, Ben Smith has a new book out. Oh, my God, uh, I kill myself. Former EIC of BuzzFeed News and former, like, media reporter for the New York Times. And a big part of the book is sort of, like, him making the claim that, like, the dress the is it blue or gold or whatever that was like the last time that there was like a monocultural event um on the internet which like doesn't seem true but also like i don't know who the fuck cares slava clearly doesn't care he's so Here's mad that i'm talking about this right now Slava, were you in jail when the dress happened or? no no i was out but you know what else i've been out for is ben smith being on every single fucking podcast that i listen to <laughs> And the fact that he literally recounted the story that Drew just said on Pod Save America about the dress being the last thing. And that's not true. You know what the last internet moment was? Remember that Yahoo tweet about Trump and the Navy? That was the last that was the last true internet moment. I remember so sorry for that guy, man. He was definitely (laughs) he was definitely running like three social media accounts at once. He was just trying to get out of he was just trying to get out of the office for the day. He probably had a day. We need to track him down. And and you know I'm I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was doing it from like his laptop because I really hate to think that this guy's phone autocorrected bigger to that. And, um, yeah, he was definitely on his computer. He missed a fucking B is right next to N. Like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt or the benefit of the doubt. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, that, oh, that was a fun night. Yeah, man. Fuck Ben Smith. Fuck the dress. Uh, fuck Ben's going into work the next day and just like, uh, we need to talk. It's not, it's not in these notes, but I was thinking in relation to that topic, um, the guy who's driving John Moore and then. He pulls out a gun and he's filming him in his car. Like, what, what does he feel like, like in relation to that? Like, oh yeah, like, his thought process is, went from like, people are not going to believe I'm hanging out with John Moran. Yeah, oh my yeah, god, this is yeah. so cool. I'm having the best day ever. Oh, and, and then you're awesome. <laughs> and that was, he's like, hey man, sorry about that again. John Moran a show where he just like, just goes into random places and like pulls out a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of like Action Bronson had "fuck that's delicious." John Moran has "fuck that's a gun." <laughs> it would be funny. You don't, you don't know when he's gonna pull it out. Like, well, like, it's like we're is... at first communion. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is great news for a lot of like desperate NBA teams right now, though, because like, yeah, um, yeah, I can fix them, but at a professional level, not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, the Dallas exactly. Mavericks tried it with Kyrie. I mean, like in the in the NFL draft now, everyone is like, uh, "Oh yeah, we can just take the the like college quarterback who isn't that good, but has like is like really athletic, and maybe he'll turn into Jalen Hurts." Um, yeah, like they're just doing that. Someone is going to do that with John Morant and like, I don't know, like Nerf guns. Like at some point, like they might. Yeah, some point. You gotta send him to Canada. It's illegal here. Man, put John Morant in fucking Call of Duty, man. <laughs> Didn't Kevin Durant just wasn't Kevin Durant just in a Call of That's Duty commercial? Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Fumble the bag, bro. Yeah, yeah. John Morant's like an un- unlockable player in GTA Six. <laughs> <laughs> Summer is around the corner. Trey will have to take off his hoodie at some point. <laughs> and also, we have to stop eating soup, um, according nah, to it's our just, show notes. It, it's just <laughs> types of soup. So, like, yeah, uh, once I have a thing, like, once, like, definitely Memorial Day at the latest. Um, You know, certain types of soup got to go on the shelf and, like, stay there until fucking post-Labor Day, man. Like, it's not, you can't really dig into the chowders. No, mm-hmm. really get into the cream of anything. I'm not talking about like ramen and pho and that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. pho specifically made to be, you know, consumed in like very, very high temperature places. You know, so, ramen, not cold soup or cereal. I mean, there's only like what, like one, one and a half types of cold soup. It's like gazpacho, gazpacho. and like depending on what you consider ceviche to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never heard anyone describe it as a soup. I, I actually Googled before this. Just, I was like, let me make sure ceviche is not a soup before I start talking about it's not a soup. And like, there are different <laughs> recipes calling it ceviche soup. So I think it's more like, if anything, it's closest to a stew. A ceviche? Mm. It's like a tartare, yeah, like, if anything. Oh, it depends on how much uh, citrus juice you put in that shit. That's true, because that's what you have to cook it with, right? The citrus juice. Yeah. Man, yeah. someone made the most bomb-ass ceviche in jail, bro, because they grew the herbs right in their garden. So it was elite. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, they, everybody gets a little garden, and one motherfucker almost ruined it for everybody because he started growing poppy seeds. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. No, frowned upon. Yeah. It's it uh, just fucking craft heroin. <laughs> Although, Trey, I do have to throw something back at you that you said to me maybe like four or five years ago, which is soup is just a sauce. It can be. Yeah, it's not. I, I didn't mean to say it was just a sauce, but soup is a lot of things, and a sauce is one of them. Okay, like you, you got tomato soup and you dip a grilled cheese in it. What's that? Pizza. That is sauce. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah but this is the same as like as, as a, some, like, cream of crab. What's that? You ever got a fish stick and stick it in some cream of crab soup? Okay. Yeah. Fucking brought notes to this. <laughs> yeah, the notes are just my lived experience. Is this a Japanese tasty video? It may as well. <laughs> Hit up Japan, man. Hit up BuzzFeed Japan. You're right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any uh, any soups you guys are going to be missing for the next few months? Um, honestly, I'm a big borscht guy, but you could eat borscht cold. It's a beet soup, so you don't really have to do much to it. I, I feel like under these qualifications, hummus is a soup too, by your specifications. No. Oh, and I don't know about that. No, is it sauce? Is, 
It's a classic dip. It's a dip. Hummus is not a dip. It's a meal. You can have hummus for a meal. I mean, you could also just like chow down on some spinach artichoke dip. That doesn't stop us from being a dip. Yeah, that is true. So you're Uh, saying hummus is a dip? Hummus is very firmly a dip, in my opinion. Where does chili land on this? Chili's a stew. Yeah, chili's a stew, as is gumbo. If you have to chew it, it's not soup. It's a stew. And, you know, stews you could eat any time of the fucking year if you want. It doesn't matter. But soups, like, have a... They have a window. It's like wearing white, you know? Okay. Well, that's like, this is your thesis. So obviously you want that to be true. Well, I wouldn't say it if it wasn't. <laughs> but I can, so what, what happens if I have soup on um, the flag day? What's the day you guys have on the 4th of July? Trump day? Uh, uh, flag I, day. It, flag it, day. Depends, it depends on who's president. Yeah, the so it's Biden. The Biden, Biden, Rama, Biden or Rama. What if you had soup? I mean, chili. Fuck. Then you're going to spill it on your white pants. Somebody's 4th of July cookout and they open the grill and there's just a big ass pot of soup on there. Like, I'm going to have questions. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'll judge him. I'm not going to eat it, but I'm not going to say anything about it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, And is like the white pants spilling issue, is that a factor in this at all? Or is it more like, uh, do you own white pants? I did not even think of that, but like I'm sure that's part of the that's part of the problem. Do you guys own like, white pants? Yeah, I do. I got white sweatpants, but not like white denim. I have white like Dickies painter pants that I keep telling myself I'm going to wear, and if I'm not going to wear them, I need to put them in my basement. But instead, I'm just like in perpetual. All right, today's the day I'm wearing the fucking Dickies. And I just don't do it. I don't know. White pants are just like a weird vibe unless like 2013 style fashions come back. And then I guess it would work. I can't wait for that era to come back. You know how many Xanarobe, that pairs of Xanarobe pants I have? No, you know how many kid robot hoodies I have in the box? <laughs> Three. Yeah, bro. Once that era comes back, we're going to be swagging. And and they're very, very lightweight hoodies, so Drew can't say shit to me. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair. I think I also just like, you know, I mainly associate hill- hoodies with like utility because I grew up in North Carolina. And so like, yeah. Well, it's like I'm, a regional thing that hoodies are utility in North Carolina. Yeah. Above the Mason-Dixon line, hoodies are fashion below their utility. Yeah. I just made that up. but yeah. No, that was confident. That was good. Yeah, I like that. Um, More confident than you were about the soup thing, by the way. <laughs> well, that's because like when you're lying, you have to be overly confident so people believe it. Yeah, when I'm telling the truth, I'm just like, I don't care if you believe me or not, man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like when I was growing up, like the point was always to, the point of dressing was always like, dress aspirationally for the temperature that it like could be today. Like even if it's like 40 out, you are leaving to school in like jeans and a t-shirt. Cause at some point in the day, it's going to be like 48 and it'll be fine. I'm a big fan of just having like a, you 40 know, degrees I- Fahrenheit is four degrees Celsius for all our Canadian fans. Oh yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to be xenophobic towards the North. 
I mean, everybody else really, because we're the only ones don't use a metric system. But I have no idea what those numbers mean, and I need to get with it. Um, I think Myanmar also uses uh, the same system. You guys aren't alone. Oh, shout out to Myanmar and all of our zero listeners over there. <laughs> for now. Yeah, for now, yeah. Wait till they hear about what we think we should do with political leaders. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so uh, now is to the portion of the podcast where I'm going to be like, completely ineffective because apparently we have to talk about the music we've been listening to this year yeah um you know it's this is a music podcast kind of and uh, we kind of <laughs> talked about music at all so like for the first time in one and a half episodes um yeah is there anything y'all have been listening to this year i've been listening to a lot of ai music and lana del rey okay what when you say ai music are you talking about like that Drake and Weekend song? Or? Yeah, any any AI clip that I can find on Instagram. Like there was a Metallica made a song about dinosaurs. Um, it really just depends on like like did you guys see the the Travis Scott featuring Drake song about Pepe coin? What I uh, mean? Fuck off. Yeah, it's really good. And then I was DMing with the <laughs> no, it's not. 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 <laughs> But and then I was DMing with the person who made it and I'm like, yo, how did you like make this? And they just said that they looked it up on YouTube and it's just something in FL Studio. And I'm like, oh, it's like a plugin. They go, no, it's not even a plugin. And they pretty much said, like, I don't know how to describe it. Just look it up on YouTube. That's what I did. Where there's just like Travis Scott filter and it just says like straight up every once in a while. Uh, Yeah, but he's rapping about Pepe coin. And he's talking about like to the moon, hold, like all all your favorite crypto terms as spit by Travis Scott and Drake. Oh no. So this is like so AI is now in like Fruity Loops and or FL Studio and like the production software stuff. It just feels like these people who are hustling on the internet and trying to get a following are just like doing whatever it takes. Cause I'm on this person's timeline right now and they've made like three other AI songs in the meantime. They've minted a few NFTs. They're hosting Google, uh, Twitter spaces. Man, like, the hustle does not stop. I really need to, like, step up my scam game. Uh, I'm trying <laughs> I to make money. I believe I'm in student loan debt, dude. Like, <laughs> man. All I had to do was, like, make a fake Freddie Gibbs song or some shit. And... <laughs> Bro, it's not too late. Yeah, yeah, it is because I already got student loan debt. Oh, okay. <laughs> but think about how much more poignant Freddie Gibbs rapping would be if it was about student loan debt. And so, like, there's a huge lane for you to swim in here. No, there's not. <laughs> but uh, in terms of real people's music that I listen to, there's this uh, guy. So when I was in jail, I got like the whole rundown on Toronto street politics. And there was one guy specifically called Bully. He's really good. It's, B- it's spelled B-V-L-L-Y. And he just like has an amazing ability to craft hooks that most people don't. And unfortunately, he's not around anymore. But mm-hmm. that album made in Austria. That's the thing that I've been listening to this week. Okay. Yeah, How about you, Trey? What have you been listening to? So uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the artist uh, 60% Homo. Uh, no. Yeah, well, there's a guy named uh, 60% Homo, uh, the number 60, and then the words percent and homo, all caps, all one word. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah. Uh, Former, uh, well, yeah, Vice alum uh, Derek Mead put me on last year to the album of What a Time to Be Alive in Iraq 3. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which, yes, there are two prior What a Time to Be Alive in Iraqs. But uh, <laughs> earlier, earlier this year, uh, 60% released uh, Almighty Homo. I'm, I'm looking at this musician's Apple Music page right now. Also, um, the, the track titles are incredible. Um, my favorite one was, uh, let me make sure I'm getting this right. Uh, so I'm looking at poop, exotic buttholes, ops force me to eat poo. Uh, that's. Oh yeah. The ops uh, force me to eat poo. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the entire, uh, yeah. <laughs> Serving birds to Saddam. <laughs> ops for yeah, ops forced me to eat poop. Now I got PTSD. <laughs> so what is the vibe of, of this yeah. this person? Like, so um it's it's pretty hyper pop. Yeah, it oh sounds God. like hyper pop. Yeah, it's um yeah, what a time to be alive in Iraq three was just like yeah, uh, featuring hit tracks. Uh, I fucked one billion bitches. Uh, blood on the cocks. <laughs> um, shit stains on my trueies. I am going to die in three days. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's homo two shiesty interlude. So I don't know this, what it's. Yeah. Oh, there's a skit. Great. That's good. <laughs> is this person almost like, um, like uh, what the, the RX nephew or something? Oh no, it's even more bizarre. Okay. Yeah, it's a, uh, and he's picking up steam because I'm telling you, like this time last year, he only had about two thousand monthly listeners, and now he's got about thirteen thousand. That's true. Oh, so I like how in in his about section, it's just a business email. That's how you know he's just about the money. Yeah. Yeah. If you're yeah. about your business, what else do you need but a business email? It's like you want to learn more, email me. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. sick. Drew, what about you? What are you listening to? Um so the thing I've been listening to I've been listening to two things. Uh I've been listening to the Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel album, but that's boring, so I'm not gonna talk about that. Um do oh, y'all know about critic over here? What's that? Look at missing music critic over here listening to Billy Woods. I know. Yeah, that's Listen, like reading man. a book, bro. Yeah, and you know what else is tight? Reading books. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic album, but yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing I've been listening to is, do y'all know Bandman Rill? Yep. Um, no. Bandman Rill is from Newark, New Jersey, which oh, is damn. also the home of Jersey Club. And Slava's so intrigued by this that he's looking at his phone. <laughs> um, looking up Bandman oh, Rill. Okay, okay. Um, I was just fucking with you. But yeah, he raps a lot over Jersey Club. Mm. And um, he just put out um, fast and slow versions of his album. And I've been listening to the fast version of his album like nonstop. It's just so frenetic and fun. Um, and like, yeah. Motherfucker said frenetic. Well, you got to sometimes. You got to bust out the SAT words. 
Um, well, look at me, I wrote a book. I know it's. Also, yeah, you will, if, if you are writing a book and have access to the internet, you will end up just like hitting a certain point where you're like Googling like synonym for good because your brain is just so mush um, that all you can think about is like, I hit the shot and it was good. And you know, you gotta, you gotta add some description there. Um, I hit the shot and it was splendiferous. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I, I hit the arcing, uh, I hit the golf ball and it's arcing trajectory, uh, made me remember what it was like to see a rainbow or something. You gotta like, Oh, that's good. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I can see why you do what you do. <laughs> um, um, where do you guys even like listen to new music? Like, where do you I find have, new music? Uh, there's no way to find out about new music anymore except like mm. TikTok and, and the Joe Budden podcast and the Joe Budden podcast and like and, and murder mouth still is a thing that exists murder mouth yeah. like the podcast that's a word of mouth oh what murder mouse <laughs> Mur- yeah yeah you know it's, uh, yeah, he, they beef with the Joe Budden podcast bro this is a real person murder mouse but I'm just saying because uh band man real should have been someone that was on Joe Budden's radar being a New Jersey uh mainstay oh dude the past couple of years this uh these kids like rapping over philly and jersey house music and shit mm-hmm. club music is like uh yeah it's who started that i don't know who started it but like there's been a lot of like like cookie kawaii fucking uh there's this other oh god man the dirt bikes are out huh oh it really dream chasers yeah, it's yeah, it's the summertime, man. Um, God is, it like, is it just like Instagram where they go on the sidewalks and do wheelies and all that fun stuff? Uh, yeah. No, they're delivering Uber Eats. I guess when you're watching. From no, the, the Uber Eats guys you can't hear because they're on those e-bikes. Yeah. And, they just, and they'll be they'll be on the sidewalk going the wrong way, but you yeah. never know they're coming. Like one time, <laughs> one of them almost ran over Poncho. I had to like. Oh my god. Yeah, I almost clotheslined him. Yeah, that would have been very, very bad for him had he done that shit. But uh, <laughs> Zah Sosa. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Philly Goats. There's a guy who technically lives, I think, in Camden named DJ Crazy, who's like our age and came up both in the Be More Club and Philly Club scenes. That's a great name. And, yeah, I know he has, sucks. What's that? I know his SEO sucks. He's no nosy. <laughs> 40,000 monthly listeners from DJ Crazy. Um, but he's sort of like the architect of like the club music rapping over it scene in like Philly. Um, and then I think the person who's really pushing it in Newark is uh, MC Vert, who also made the I Just Want to Rock beat. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's like the like kids rapping over like club music thing is like the most joyous shit I have heard in a really long time. Um, I didn't even yeah. hate it when Drake did it last summer. Wow. Wait, Drake did it. I mean, of course Drake did it. How did he do it? Uh, what was that album? Uh, honestly, never mind. Oh, oh yeah. 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 He had like one or two tracks, like currents was one of them. And then, um, there's probably another one on there, but yeah. 
Do you remember he tried to do some kind of uh, one of the singles for a DJ Khaled album was like a bounce style song with Drake? Nah, and I'm so glad I didn't hear that shit. <laughs> yeah, this is like before. This is the same rollout as uh, Jay Z, Beyonce, and Future on a DJ Khaled song. Oh, that was a minute ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, DJ Khaled is good now because he plays golf a lot, um, and his entire IG feed is like him like videos of him meeting like playing golf with like random old people and really energetically talking shit to them about like how he's going to beat them at golf and like pressuring them to like start betting him on (laughs) holes and then like screaming into his phone and like a golf whisper scream like let's go golfing (laughs) He looks like a Lego Lego character now. Like his his hair looks like it snaps right off his head. Like to me, play well. Um, yeah, he has like a weird looking swing, but also if you're super rich, you can afford like a really good golf teacher. Yeah, and they'll just like make you freakishly good at golf like really quickly. Oh, oh. Like, he's got a bit of a unorthodox. Uh unorthodox stance or is it in this is it in the swing or um yeah it's like very jerky uh his swing but like i don't know he gets it done um he also seems to be really good at putting which is really funny because putting requires like composure and like uh calm and control over your body which are not things i associate with dj Khaled. Hmm. I don't know. It's he seems like a big, funny kind of oafy guy. But I bet if he had to do like a perfect gymnast routine, he would take it really seriously. And you know, I bet he can play. I've oh, seen Axel Bratton do a cartwheel on stage, and I believe like DJ Khaled, if he put his mind to it, he could too. Okay. Yeah. Um, well thought through kind of guy. But that's yeah, the thing really? is like, don't you think that the quality of music going down is just making it ripe for AI to just come in there and be like, yeah, I can do this. Nah, because well, like, AI is machine learning. It's not machine like innovating, you know? Yeah. Like it seems like one thing that rappers are doing now is like rapping less good on purpose. Yes. Like, oh, that's going to be hard to replicate. Um, well, yeah. no one is doing it like, you know, before, like, you know, you had young thug combining, like being really like technically good at rapping with like these, like really bizarre shit you ever heard in your life. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, out there you like a stroller? I think about that line every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got every red bottom, like a baboon <laughs> money standing AP, just like two midgets. Like, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, Thug, man, Thug was saying some wild shit, and it was just like, who is this, man? Thug is 100% a poet laureate and deserves all of this, but that's not what music is now. I, I listened to a Tisa Corrine song. Have oh, you heard? that guy's cool. Oh, that guy's wild. I don't like it. It just sounds like someone played Soldier Boy backwards. Yeah, my, my friend described me to him um, as someone whose sole influences are the first soldier boy album and 
the uh, and like a conversation he had with someone where someone described what the Neptunes sounded like, but did not play them for him. (laughs) (laughs) And he's incredible. That dude is also. Yeah, that's remarkably on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good description. But I mean, I don't know. I think my point is more so that this is the type of music. If this is the the standard of music that's being put out, AI, like what's the difference between that and listening to Travis Scott uh, talk about holding Pepe Coin to the moon? Well, didn't Pepe I mean, Coin go it's down? Because little things that happen on a track where it's like you didn't mean to do it, but it's like, oh, wait, I think we just landed on something. Like a machine can't just like land on something unexpectedly. Yeah, it's called a random number generator. That's like if you just like plug numbers in for sounds. I don't know. I don't think it's that crazy. Also, I know no one wants to talk about. You'll you'll get a Drake song where he just randomly uses an ad lib. He's like balls. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Well, a hundred gex is more so what I'm describing when I'm talking about AI taking over music when it's literally like hundred gex is really good. Yeah. Okay, man. We have a song about dude. Yeah, they have a song about the intro. Uh, 100 Gex is just... Yeah, okay, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 I was done. I'm just saying, like, yeah, you're the computer's influence in this case, man. The computer can't just be like, oh, wait, remember that one Aaliyah song I liked back in third grade? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, 100 Gex, to me, sounds like... uh, You know how Spotify will use, like, 43 nodes to identify a song? So it's not just, like, the rhythm or the tempo, but it'll be, like, the mood it elicits or the instruments played. I feel like uh, you could probably make something like a 100 Gex song pretty convincingly with AI if the scope was big enough. Well, this is actually really interesting because hyperpop is a genre that exists because of spotify and 100 gex like 100 gex were so popular on spotify and there wasn't a playlist to slot them on that they just created a playlist called hyperpop and put like 100 gex and other musicians who kind of sounded like 100 gex on it and like so many of like the younger the teens who make hyperpop now like this kid breakants uh whose album like hypochondriac is really good. They are like meeting on discords devoted to a hundred gecks and like, like branching off and making their own music. And that also seems like a way that a lot of people end up like young people end up making music. That's where the scenes are. Like there's also a musician. I know my friend manages him who met his bandmates on a uh on a Brockhampton fan discord and it might have even been a thing where they met and were like bonding over like making dupes of Brockhampton beats or something and then they started making their own music through that yeah, I mean, that's literally the path that we have to take to get to AI music. Because that's like, you're pretty much describing how Odd Future got together, right? It was a bunch of people who got together on Tumblr because they were fans of, like, MF Doom. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool. Maybe that's me being old and, like, oh, automatically cool. admiring what children do. But th- these kids are going to be the ones that are going to be using AI to be like, yeah, I can make a song. Or I can make a song where it sounds like Macklemore. Uh, over uh, Jersey Club squeaky bed beat. That is an incredibly cursed sentence. (laughs) 
All right, so I guess we're not. Okay, so I guess we're not going to use that for the intro music. Um, well, listen, I mean, there was a certain time when I was out and about in the city, and someone played a Drake and Aaliyah song, and it wasn't very good. And AI could have very easily made a better version of that song. <laughs> I don't think so. I think a Drake and Aaliyah song is always going to be bad, no matter what. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know I mean, if you want to get into that article about the ones that got away. But uh, nah, it was like I, that article really like hit me in a way because like. So this is yeah. Ross Carano in The Believer talking about uh, listening to an original version of a song that had been re-recorded since he had heard it. Or just like straight up you'll hear a song that an artist will play for you or whatever. And then like that's the only time you ever heard it. Because like I remember uh, it was when Dolph was a. Uh, it was right after the uh, shooting in Charlotte or whatever, and he came to New York to uh, do his press tour for Bulletproof. And I got to Michelle, uh, his PR person, got me in the Sprinter van with him, and I got to ride around uh, with Dolph. And like, it was man, it was fucking, it was fun as hell, man. Like, we stopped off at this studio where Jim Jones was recording a video. They had like a Bentley in the studio. I don't know how they got it in there. <laughs> And then, like, we went to dinner at Budokan, and, like, Rick Ross was also randomly fucking eating dinner there. And then... Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was a fun night. They wanted me to go to the strip club with them, but I was like, yo, it's, like, 2 in the morning. I got to go to work, man. Also, <laughs> I'm a music writer, so, yeah, unless you're going to loan me money. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's also the first place I heard about about Key Glock in general. Because oh, really? It, yeah, because, like, Dolph played some of that in the car, but there was one song where Dolph was rapping over like this Halsey sample. And I was like, oh, this is how you get on the radio. And I have never heard it since. Mm. I haven't heard it anywhere. Like, I'm guessing they didn't get the sample cleared or whatever. But I was like, that's one of those moments that like really kind of stuck with me where it's like, damn, this music shit is fucking wild. Like what's what's in people's vaults has to be crazy. Yeah, like they talked about Future's uh, Good Morning on there where when we were doing those uh, future parties and shit, like the future only parties, like Good Morning always went over very, very well. And Rockstar, the one uh, over the uh, George Michael sample that has Nicki Minaj on it too. I don't think I know about this. Uh, what is it, Silent Whisper? Damn, that sounds amazing. Good Morning is the one that w- w- became Drunk in Love, right? Yeah. And then mm. actually I'll send you all the link later because we definitely will not – George Mike will come back from the grave to get this episode taken down if I play it on it. But That's, I smell a new intro song. I end up in court. <laughs> Who edited this? <laughs> um, the flip mode of that is like the songs that do get passed around. Um, like that Young Thug Jamie XX song. I'm pretty sure everybody had that a full year before it came out. Oh, when the yeah. uh, when it started off with on the first verse, I'm gonna ride on the pussy like a stroller. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was like an open, like everybody had that. Like it made its way to Toronto. I'm like, fuck, dude. I remember waking up and checking like the fucking text group or the group message, and uh, a buddy was just like, guys, I just heard a Jamie XX song with Young Thug on it, and it starts with I'm gonna ride on the pussy like a stroller. <laughs> and I was like, I gotta hear this thing, man. Like, yeah. I remember they did that song live once and I'm pretty sure Young Thug said like thank you James X 
or something. Same. Which, yeah, the fact that they were able to have chemistry, despite the fact clearly just doing like a mega upload collab, <laughs> is Jay really Mack. great to me. Noted Nation of Islam men boo, JMX. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of music that was cool when we were young, uh, Slava, why do you care? What is the Frank Ocean thing? Why do you care? And oh, yeah, man. Oh, what okay. happened? Okay, so you know the Frank Ocean performance, the Coachella one that everybody said was really bad? I literally do not. <laughs> well, Frank Ocean performed... And he was supposed to perform two weeks. He only performed one because he said he hurt his ankle. But really, mm-hmm. it's because the online backlash was very strong uh, against him. And obviously, there's like very measured reports of what happened a la Jeff Weiss. But for the most part, people were just like, oh, he didn't try very hard and it wasn't good. And people expected him to like do the Coachella song, do the Coachella song. So the people didn't like it. That was the kind of overwhelming vibe that you got from reading the discourse online. But then this one guy who this ties everything together that we've been talking about on this podcast. This guy is like um, a vice type guy who was born in the wrong era. And he ended up working with Brock Hampton and Amine to make their music videos. And he's just like a super duper hustler. And he just at his videos, he started grinding when he was a kid by uh, putting together call of duty footage and putting it on YouTube. He ends up uh, seeing the backlash that's happening from this Frank Ocean set And what he does is he sources 50 gigabytes worth of concert footage that he then splices together to make a perfect edit of Frank Ocean's set at Coachella. He puts it out and immediately gets flagged by like Coachella and Frank's labels and this and that. So it's impossible to find online. You have to pretty much use torrents like it's 2009 again to get a copy of it. I have a copy of it. I will send it to you guys after this or I'll put it in our drive. But the fact that you should know about admitting crimes on tape, dude. <laughs> if anybody here, if anybody here, just kidding. Um, but I think the thing that's impressive to me about it is not just like the way in which uh, this guy got his stuff out there and made, but it's the fact that like this is a hopeful story for anyone who wants to become any kind of like journalist, content creator, whatever nowadays. Like there's still a path towards it. This guy, this guy's path started with Call of Duty videos and it ends with him making this Frank Ocean supercut. And uh, he had a really good interview in madeintheurl.com. His name is Brian Kynes or Kines, K-I-N-N-E-S. But I just feel like anything that kind of shifts at Brian Kynes. Thank you. Yeah, it's just very inspirational that like someone is still out here and able to like make things um, that are cool and interesting in um, a YouTube generation. It's just unfortunate that if you want to be some sort of content creator or journalist now, you need to also be like an editor. And you need to have uh, way more tools in your bag. Oh, dude, have you seen some of these job listings for media jobs? Oh, I can only God. imagine. Dude, they they ask you to have like fucking InDesign, Illustrator, Photoshop experience. Fucking, you need to know how to edit. You need to know how to produce. You need to know how to goddamn yeah do a handstand. Yeah, it's. it's but here's great. the thing. Here's and the you thing. Have five years experience doing it. Like, yeah. You also but, have to have like a black belt in karate and 
like James Beard award winning knife skills in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Being willing to kill a man preferred. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Can, can he be a Serbian man? All right. <laughs> <laughs> enough, enough, enough xenophobia. <laughs> um, but doesn't this mean that everybody owns some means of production now? Well, means of production, yeah. Means of distribution, not so much. Right, right. But that's, that's the thing really with important. this Frank Ocean guy is he just made something that was undeniable. He wasn't even at Coachella, by the way. And then the means of distribution came for his ass. This is yeah. true. This is true. But yeah. art finds a way. I mean, it is interesting. Like, I find the idea of this video, which I don't want Slava to send me, Heard the terms of his probation, probably. Um, <laughs> I find it as an artistic document very interesting because, you know, it shows the way that, like, an edit can be a creative act in and of itself. And also, an edit can advance an argument about, uh, you know, a moment in time. And it sort of seems like what this person is arguing is like, actually, this didn't suck. Um, there were just like these externalities um, that if, you know, things had gone slightly differently, um, people would have been lauding this. Yeah, I don't know if. Uh, yeah. So the big news today is a uh, vice filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Which, uh, yeah, it's they're gonna they're talking about they're gonna stay in business, but this is one of the more interesting. Uh, Maxwell uh, Tanny, uh, the people's the people's champ, yeah, the the people's uh fucking journalist got his hands on a uh, man. I remember when I was still over there, I would find out about what was going on advice from him, like. <laughs> half an hour before like we got the email from whoever the fuck that's but, the funny thing about it is like motherboard tried to report on it and then this guy just comes through he's like no 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 no. let me tell you what really what's going on well he's yeah. been doing this like his entire career like i feel like he's like 28 or something and just like straight up like the second he touched his feet in new york he was like i'm gonna be a media reporter I mean, like, smart dude, man. There's always something to talk about in this media shit. You can be the next Ben Smith. Right. <laughs> he's the he's the Phil Lewis of media. The um, fucking, uh, there, there were some very, very interesting points in this uh, employee email. So there's, like, what, 26 points on this email or something like that, talking about all the things that will and won't happen? Yeah, like, it's, it's not really that interesting, and then you get to the double-digit parts, and it's like, huh... Yeah, like, okay. Like, did you guys ever get a credit card, like a vice credit card? What did it look like? Uh, okay. I, did not. I never got one because I wasn't a manager, but um, we did have the P card for uh, production stuff where if you needed to buy something or whatever, um, like one of the uh, fucking coordinating producers or, yeah, like somebody on the management team would be like, here, take the P card, go get that, and uh, bring me back the receipt. I think there were some managers at one point, like who they they would just have credit cards on them. They'd be like, "Enough vice people are here. Let me just buy around." And it's like, dude, it's Saturday. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what did the credit cards look like? Were they just normal like Visa or Mastercards, or were they like mirrored? 
Uh, they were see-through green. What? No, I made that up. Okay. Um, yeah, no, they were just like a regular fucking Amex or like whatever. And some people got just taken away because they kept charging to the game. And by it, I mean like groceries and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, Didn't at one point they threaten to like take away the free cereal bar because people would be putting like they would be filling up like giant gallon size Ziploc bags of cereal and just like taking them home. Oh man. One of my, yeah. One of my favorite stories in terms of uh snack quote unquote theft is uh, <laughs> somebody we used to work with over there. Um, so one day, like after work, someone came in and stole a bunch of laptops out the New York office. Mm-hmm. So they went, um, they went on the security cameras, went to go look at stuff. And then uh, I think it was later that day or like later that week or something. Some uh, people above this person were like, hey, can you come here for a minute? And they go into an office and they play one of the security cameras. And this person walks into the kitchen and just like starts shoveling Chobani out of the fridge into their backpack. (laughs) 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 He he has to watch himself doing this shit. And they were like, yo, Never do that again. <laughs> Did he get fired? Nah. Sick. Well, you know who's not going to steal Chobani? George Soros. Right. Yeah. It's, ain't Soros a Greek name or something like that? Um, he's Hungarian. Okay. Right? Well, they're close together. That's fine. Um, I am excited that, you know, this is either going to be like the capital management part of Soros capital management or the Soros part of Soros capital management. And by that, I mean, it's either going to be like, they're just going to gut the company for parts and slap their name on like shitty Netflix documentaries and like edgy, technically edgy movies by like sub harmony Corinne filmmakers, or this is like everything that conservatives fear. And George Soros now has his own media outlet to spread his one world government agenda. Dude, everything the right wingers have been yelling about for like the past decade is finally happening. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It is so funny to me, man. You're actually gonna have to give your biometrics if you want to read vice. <laughs> hey man, you got to make money somehow. Um, yeah, man. I, man, my biometrics out there for anybody who wants them, man. It's not, it's no secret. Mine too, but that's because of a court order. Um, <laughs> the, the funny thing is, like, yeah, George Soros buying Vice feeds into a lot of conspiracy theories, but that's why I like the idea or the timeline of LeBron buying Complex a lot more because that one is not going to be fun or funny for anybody. That's going to be like, uh, do you guys watch House Party? Oh, uh, is that no. that movie starring him that came out and like there's a hologram in the closet or whatever and like Lil Wayne's in it for some reason or some shit? Like, yeah, no, nah, I haven't seen it, but I'm well aware of what this movie is yeah so imagine he brings that sort of creative force to complex magazine which uh is primarily a show about chicken and hot sauce <laughs> yeah, it's, man this I is mean, like fourth person with a big ass speaker just walking by my house y'all, 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 y'all can't hear it over the man like i think it's elder barge <laughs> tight as long as start 100 gags the first three feast hot ones is the is complex yeah, yeah. that's like the yeah, only yeah, ip complex. Yeah, I mean, it's some terrific fucking IP, I'll tell you that much. Amazing, amazing show, geniuses. Um, 
Did you guys, do you guys remember like watching MTV news and hearing breaking news stories uh, from that? Yeah. RIP man. Yeah. That was always more like a plot device in movies than it was real life for me because we did, we have our own thing here called much music. Much music. Oh, look at Mr. Is that what the M and MTV stands for? Much TV? No, it's just its own thing. That's it's now a TikTok channel. Like everything else in Canada, it's now just devolved to being a TikTok arm. It's not that a MTV news like So okay, so to answer your first question, I remember the day social media started blazing with like Michael Jackson's dead. No, he's not. Da, 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 da. And I was like, yo. If anybody's going to know, it's MTV. I'm not listening to TMZ. I'm not listening to CNN. Just put MTV on and, like, sat around in a friend's apartment. And we were all just, like, passing around a blunt, waiting for it. And then, like, in the middle of, like, it might have been punked or something, they just started playing the Gene video. And I was like, oh, fuck, it happened. But then you were also watching it during punked. (laughs) Nah, because Kurt Loder popped up and he was like, uh, yeah, so you probably guessed by now, but, uh, yeah. which is better than, of uh, some, I forget who it was who tweeted this one time, but like, they were like, I'm in a Walmart right now. And someone just got on the intercom and said, Michael Jackson is dead. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, uh, that's how that person found out so like i'm glad kurt Loto delivered me i remember one time the only time i've ever felt compelled to just tell a stranger that someone had died i was like scrolling on my blackberry and steve jobs died and i was just walking down the street and i looked at this couple who was coming towards me and i go steve job steve jobs just died and they go oh okay we <laughs> <laughs> like, have androids yeah like, what's <laughs> That's I mean, a very Canadian anecdote. Yeah, yeah I told someone something and they politely acknowledged it. But um, I don't know. Speaking of stuff dying, RIP MTV News. John Norris like follows everyone who's a music writer on Twitter, though, um, which is very funny. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, he, does he follow me? Was that like Chuck's little brother? Um, no, he was like. He was like the other, another of the MTV news people. But yeah, Kurt Loder, wasn't he like a serious journalist and somehow they got him for MTV news or something? Uh, Yeah, it's like, well, I mean, like, that's the thing. MTV news, like, was kind of the precursor to, like, fucking youth media, you know? Mm. Like, in terms of having serious people but wearing plaid shirts, doing real reporting. Why do you think that Vice never managed to get sports right? Vice did get sports right. Vice Sports was great. Yeah, Vice Sports was tight as shit, man. They had like they were they had got people over from the New York Times and stuff, like left the Times to come work at Vice Sports and all. And, and like when Vice Land launched, that was one of the better shows on there. It was just one of those things where it's like I guess they didn't know how to sell sports, you know? Yeah, or I guess maybe that's what you were saying. Yeah, I mean, all their stuff to me was not like the typical sports stuff that you watched. And I think sports fans don't like change. I mean, I think yes and no. Um, I think that much like music, sports is a really like celebrity tied thing. Like the American sports where like it's just superstars are like the main sell or something, you know? 
Exactly. Yeah. Are you going to read the website that has the interview with LeBron or are you going to read the website that has like, uh, you know, an I'm article about like some traditional Pakistani game. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. I look at Dagestan's uh, fight culture. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and as someone who like isn't interested in reading an interview with LeBron, I'm way more taken by the kind of stuff that Vice was running. I Vice Sports was running. I tried to let to get them to let me write a story about turtle racing, but they didn't bite. Bastard. Shocking. I know. You race turtles. You race turtles very slowly. Um <laughs> Are we the last generation to even have a connection to MTV News? I mean, we are now. Yeah. Well, like, what about the, John? How old are you? I'm 27. Do you know what MTV News is? Yeah, of course. How? Uh, just through cable, like um, my cable package. When I was growing up, though, I didn't grow up in North America. I was in Asia, so. Oh wow. Um, it, like satellite, and I would there would be MTV on there. Um, my sis, I have an older sister and an older brother by 10 years and 11, so they would show me stuff. Like a lot of the pop culture stuff that I got was just through my older siblings. Like, so my brother, when I was like five, he would show me 50 Cent, and that would be like, and that would be like five years old, thugging out to G Unit. And you were five years old when 50 Cent dropped? Yes, get rich or die trying. Goddamn, I'm old as shit. I was 10. I was 10. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, goddamn. <laughs> Well, RIP MTV News. Hopefully George Soros buys that, too. Yes. Or, like, I guess Tom Brady could buy it, since we've already got LeBron buying Complex. Yeah, Tom Brady's going, uh, he's going into the stand-up world. Oh, no. Oh, no. Really? Yeah, Tom Tom Brady said uh, he's about to try his hand at some stand-up comedy. I'll boo the shit out of Tom Brady. I don't care. Um, Wait, do you want to end? Because it feels like Drew wants to end this. Uh, Trey, do you want to end? So bad. I've been doing podcasts since five PM today. <laughs> Trey, yeah. do you want to do you want to ask the question about uh, the last question? Do you think at uh, this point in time you could earnestly look at high school? Kid? Yeah. Okay. Uh, since we're cutting that part. Um, okay. So um, we're coming to the end of this, and you know, it's a whole new swarm of uh, media layoffs and uh, publications shutting down and stuff, and like. I guess I just kind of had the question for you all. Um, do you think like you could earnestly look a high school or college kid wanting to get into journalism right now and tell them that this is a good idea? I mean, I would tell them probably it's not, it's going to be very hard, but also like, you know, things are always changing and like, you know, by the time this imaginary high school or college kid is in the world and trying to like actually get a job, it's entirely possible that things suddenly get better. Like, you know, uh, industries change and things go up and down. And if not, I don't know. I feel like people always want to hire people to write stuff good, um, even if it's not like journalism. Um, and also like, you know, at some point, like local news may come back, uh, until then there's going to be like 20 local newspapers in America and they're all going to kick ass because they each have like 500 people trying to get jobs at them. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know. I would tell him do it. Don't don't worry about it too much. And uh, if it doesn't work out, just sell out when you're 23 instead of when you're 34, like what Trey and I are trying to do. Trey, what would you tell someone coming out of high school? I'd tell them to go learn a trade, goddamn. Nah, um, I'd tell them, like, you know, you have to really, really want this shit. And that you should also be doing something on the side. Or maybe journalism is a thing you do on the side. Yeah, and then, like, you know, you give it a couple years and see if this is something you really want to do. But, like, yeah, that J school, I'm glad I didn't do that. I'm like, I'm. Not that like I even knew I wanted to be a journalist in college. Like I went into college thinking I was going to be an investment banker, and I was like, "Yo, this shit sucks. <laughs> business business school fucking sucks, man." Let me go get this English degree, and then I went and got my master's in marketing, which like I kind of you know gave me a wider skill set. So I think that's what I would tell people: is just like make sure your skill set is fucking yeah, make sure that shit is brolic. Yeah, I'd have to say I agree with both of you. I think Drew is right. Local news will make a comeback, but it won't be a local newspaper. It'll be like a local YouTuber who writes his own shit and records it and edits it. And that's what a journalist is going to have to look like in the future. It's somebody that can do everything. And um, yeah, I mean, don't put all your eggs in that basket, but absolutely diversify your skill set. But knowing how to write good words sometimes is a good thing to do good well said yeah i couldn't have said any better yeah um, yeah but, also yeah, having but, an economy with words and knowing when to keep it simple is very important yeah i guess on that note um yeah another episode in the bag drew slava john i'm trey um yeah, I guess we'll talk about what an outro song is going to be after this, but... Not 100 gags. Yes. Frog on the floor. Frog on the floor. Nobody knows. Da, 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 da. Right, I was yeah. going to suggest uh, the ops made me eat poop and now I got PTSD. <laughs> there you go. There you but, go. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that after. Um, y'all want to say bye? All right, bye, everybody. Thanks bye for bye. listening. Night, night. Yeah.